Welcome to episode 44 of BoardWars.eu, your regular podcast about Star Wars Imperial Assault, a miniatures game by Fantasy Flight Games. Due to illness, my voice will be sounding pretty bad at times during the recording, but as you can hear now, it was just temporary. News start at just 8 minutes in, with a discussion on the newly released articles. Uh, you like droids? This is definitely your stop. Though, if you care for some FAQ discussion, skip ahead to the rules clarifications sections. Game discussion will be skipped in favor for an extended news and rules clarification sections, but we will continue the discussion of the Hot Mercenaries Imperial Class deck in episode 45. Rules clarifications start a few moments after the one hour mark. Pazi and I will go through the new additions and their effect on skirmish and campaign. Play experiences can be found at 1 hour and 44 minutes. More Jabba's Realm campaign as well as some offline skirmish in Stefan's living room can be found there. Community Watch also has a lot to give this episode. At 1 hour and 56 minutes you can find mentions of articles discussing the new wave in text form as well as a link to the currently ongoing Reddit skirmish tournament. And if you like our content, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash bwu like some of our friends did recently. We really appreciate it, of course. Have fun with the show! Alright, listeners, welcome to episode <coughs> four, uh, episode 44, of course. Uh, sorry for barging in with my coughing here. I am still not feeling very well. It's I had a... The, pre, uh, the, the, the start of the week, I had like four days where, or three days where I completely lost my voice. And this is actually the first day where I got my voice back and just in time for us to record the podcast. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. First of all, uh, there are only two hosts today and it's not Yeppe, funnily enough. Uh, usually it's the, Yeppe is the, the other, uh, recurring member here, <coughs> but this time he's still occupied with his personal project. And he will be also be gone to to his homeland, I think, in the next week or weeks, actually. So he might miss the next show also. But we have here again our friend from the north. It is Pazi. Pazi, how are you doing? Yeah, well, this time we have just sick people here. <laughs> well, yeah, you also sick or what? Yeah, I have just uh, some <coughs> some uh, ear issues again, but uh, get getting ear, better. Okay, yeah. Is it still cold uh, up north, or? Uh, well, it's around zero. Oh, that, that's really cold. I mean, it, it warmed up in Vienna quite nicely in the past two weeks. Like we had fifteen degrees, eighteen degrees. It's very nice to to get out and do stuff already, unless you are sick like me, of course. <coughs> okay, so uh, Yeppe is not here, but we have Pazi, and we have a shit ton of stuff to talk about. There are so many news. Because we skipped, I think we skipped three weeks now. Uh, first of all, I was sick again two weeks ago. Then we had technical problems. Then we had scheduling issues. But <coughs> let's hope this is all in the past now. We are recording again. So let's head on with episode 44. We will start with a little bit of cleanup. First of all, we will have a bit of... Um, uh, the tournament is over. Uh, in case you missed it, I already post, uh, posted a... a an article on the website on boardwars.eu about the tournament and about the players and uh, links to the to the log files so you can watch the <coughs> sorry <coughs> so you can watch the the games yourself and also 
um, some thoughts about it and, and some congratulations to the winners. So if you are keen on uh, knowing what's going on in, tur- in the tournament or what went on in the tournament, head on over to baldwas.eu. It should be at the top unless, no, actually this podcast should be at the top because you're listening to it. And <coughs> after that, just down from there, you should find the tournament recap I wrote up. Also, special thanks to Nick from the US and uh, his LCG, oh, not no, LCG, LCG, his FLG, um, FLGS actually, um, great escape games uh, because they, they sponsored additional prices, which were, I think they were um, uh, cards from the store kits. I think it was cards. I think it was Lando or so. Can I don't know because he sent out a link where you could register if you participated in the tournament, and if you still hadn't got Lando, and I think he had C three PO. So <clears throat> if you still hadn't got them, you could sign up and he would ship it to you. So thanks again. And um, the website of the shop, of course, is www.greatescapegames.com without any dashes or anything else. So. Head on over there, see if you want to order something if you're in the vicinity. And uh, actually a few weeks ago, uh, I got a visit from uh, a listener of us. And he also brought his lovely wife and we played some skirmish together. So Anders, he is actually from the US and they are both living in Germany for the next uh, few uh, months, years. I don't know. The, <coughs> I think they arrived last year. And they were touring uh, Europe, and they also stopped by in Vienna. And when they were here over the weekend, they just um, stopped by for an event evening. We did play some skirmish; it was very nice. And uh, I also cooked for them Gammelknödel with sauerkraut. <coughs> it was delicious, so everything was well. And um, I looking to hear from from them again. And I also maybe we'll meet up in Essen again because I told them that Essen is pretty good to to visit and they might consider joining us there. So you might hear from him again in the future. Um, yeah. Also we had uh, someone, well, someone is sending us pictures. I, I need to bring this up for a moment, but wait, Oh, I enlarged my browser window window, which I didn't want to. So <coughs> if you are listening now, and thanks for sending on sending us messages. I want to bring it where where can I find this now? Oh God. Facebook is not for me, it's it's for, for intelligent people. So uh, uh it's not Anders, it's Adrian, no. I don't know. Someone was sending us pictures. I don't know if we posted them. Andrew, is it there? No. I am I'm actually not sure. So I noted down in the show notes, it's been a few weeks, uh that Adrian was sending us pictures on Facebook and I think we posted them. Or something like that. If we forgot, then I will just do it in, in the meantime. So uh, head on over to the our Facebook page where you can find not only um, photos of listeners and what they are doing, but also like regular Star Wars stuff and Imperial Assault stuff. <coughs> so that's it for cleanup. Uh, quite a lot, actually. Also, I think I forgot. Uh, I put up the, the, uh, the article for the... Uh, Alliance Rangers on the um, buyer's guide and is actually it's very very <laughs> it sparked a bit of discussion because of my point rating for the skirmish but uh, go on uh, look at yourself and I think you'll be <laughs> be enraged as the other people were so 
<laughs> not spoiling too much here, but the uh, Alliance Rangers should be up, and I think Jabba is the only one left, and it, he should be up in uh, a few days too. With that, usually we would head over uh, to Yeppe and his coverage of the news, but <coughs> need to get my cat on the table here. But since Yeppe is gone, I think Pasi and I will do this. Uh, so, uh, head on over into the news. News. There were a lot of news since we last recorded. Uh, Final Fantasy is finally again... Um, not Final Fantasy. Fantasy Flight Games is finally again putting out news articles, not only about uh, their upcoming tournaments, but also about uh, the upcoming products, which means we will talk about... Uh, uh, two of the free packs that we will be releasing in Wave Nine now, and but that's not that's not all of it. So first of all, I think I'm not sure who who noted this. It must be either Herwig or Yeppe. I think it, or it was. I think US. it was me. Uh, you was it? Yeah, I was watching the Dice Tower. Uh, t- t- tell us about Dice it. Dice Tower uh, was uh, interviewing uh, someone from Asmodee, and and uh, they got a question about about what's coming. Uh, for Imperial Assault and uh, what's the status of the app and uh, the representative couldn't tell anything about upcoming products but the app is still in the works so they are still developing developing it <coughs> so okay it's, so it's nice to have confirmation of that right yeah. okay yeah so I think that's <coughs> you should have maybe even even listen to the to the Dice Qatar podcast about the Gamma Trade Show. It should be... I, I will try to link it in the show notes. I haven't got it here, but should be should also be interesting to listen to. So um, so that's the first piece of news. It wasn't actually FFG news, but sort of FFG news, even though it's not posted directly on the FFG uh, page. Uh, and then we had actually four news articles in the last few weeks. First of all, um, the first preview of our of one of the Wave 9 packs, which is, the article is called Programmed for Destruction. And, of course, they are talking about the uh, Imperial pack, which contains BT-1 and Triple Zero. These are both droids, and they are both um, very cheap and very good. But, <coughs> let's see what's in there, actually. So, First of all, uh, we have about two new figures. Uh, one, of course, is PT1. Pasi, uh, do you wanna wanna cover what's what's going on with PT1? Uh, you mean the deployment card? The deployment card. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. PT1 is uh, unique, uh, unique and uh, elite uh, destructive assassin. He's a droid and heavy weapon and hunter, and has such abilities uh, PS2. Blast one and recover one, and his ten health uh, for speed rolls a black defense die and attacks with uh, blue, red, and yellow. And then he has some nice abilities. Uh, assassin: Before you declare an attack, become focused. So in actuality, so he's actually attacking with four yeah. dice when he's attacking it normally. So. Yeah, and uh, then his other one is uh, special action missile salvo. Perform up to three ranged attacks with different uh, targets using one blue, one red, or one yellow die. Limit once per die. Apply plus, plus two... Sorry, I'm mixing 
English and Finnish here. Uh, plus three accuracy to each of those attacks. And of course, he also gets uh, to become focused before each of these attacks. So he's actually attacking with green, red, green, blue, and green, yellow, yeah. right? Which is six dice for one action. That's amazing. But <coughs> what I want to know is uh, the wording on the on the missile salvo is uh, perform up to three ranged attacks with different targets using one blue, one red, or one yellow die. Can I do three attacks with green, red? No, there is this limit once per die. Oh, limit once. Oh, I forgot. To. Oh, that's 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 very nice to have it in here. And if you hear some some growling in the background, it's just my just my cat sucking on my finger because she's a bit upset. She she got neutered uh, yesterday, and she has a cone on her head, so she doesn't lick the wound, and she's. She's very affectionate right now, so I need to console her a bit. So, uh, BT is of course, of course, very great. For six threat, you get one more health than on a regular stormtrooper group. You also get um, a very high, powerful single target attack with four dice, <coughs> and <coughs> and you also get the option of um, doing like three attacks in a row. So. And this could also be used, of course, to try and uh, use the recover one three times in the missile servo. So um, I'm actually quite interested to see that uh, a droid actually got a search for recover one. I think that's not very thematic. Was it on 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 what's it called on IG88 two? Let's see. Well, IG88 is losing the recover when he. In, in yeah, he's in, losing with the new. In, but but did it had did he have it in the uh, in the or, original yeah, card? Yeah, he has. Ah, he had it. Okay, and, uh, he has recover free. Of course, okay. the probe droids have recover as well. Oh, they have recover as well. Yeah, I'm actually not not sure if I like this thematically because recover in there in this sense. Yeah, maybe it's like the uh, they have a repair system. It's okay. Still, I. Recover sounds a bit weird if you're talking about droids, but whatever. Long story short, BT-1, he's an amazing deployment card. And <coughs> since he doesn't have a, a skirmish or a campaign icon on his card, we assume right now that this card is being used on in both sides. So, uh, And I think since he's a droid, he has access to a, a bunch of command cards. Uh, and he's not only a droid, he also has heavy weapon hunter. So assassinate, tools for the job, lock on... Uh, these are all working with him, so <coughs> he seems like much, much better than regular stormtroopers. Yes, but and uh, but on the other hand, he's just one one figure, so yeah, he's just one figure. Yeah, so controlling is a little bit worse, and you don't have, have any reroll uh, on his card, which the, the stormtroopers of course get for standing next to each other. So that could also be very handy. Okay, so that's BT one, and we also have triple uh, zero in this pack which uh, he's also a unique Imperial figure for a cost of four. He only has the trait Droid, and he is a specialized on pain. Uh, yeah, okay. So he has the surge abilities for Pierce 2 and Recover 2. <coughs> <coughs> he has a health of eight, speed of four, black defense die, and a melee attack for red and yellow. But usually you probably won't melee attack with him. He has a surge for Shocking Palm. The attack misses. And the defender becomes stunned. So uh, you do a melee attack, you roll a surge, and then 
you completely negate all of the damage, but your target is still going to be stunned, so that could be good, in, especially especially in campaign, since you can um, easily take away actions from the from the rebels this way. But in I think in in skirmish, if you're putting triple zero out and about to me- melee attack someone, <coughs> I think he's already misplaced. So this is maybe just a a, a way to to avoid getting some some stray. Uh, some some stray figures of of your opponent in your deployment zone where you actually want to have your <coughs> power up team your your support team and if you have some some uh, enemy figures there you can stun them with um, uh, with triple zero and maybe they are not as effective then yeah for a, for but, example if you have a, a panther panther or two yeah so yeah panther panther might be cool, yeah because yeah. then they can't uh, trample during the end of round step either. Yeah, the, the thing is, you still need to roll that the, the surge. I mean, with the yellow die and the red die, it should come out at maybe at a 85 or even 90 percent. But it's still an option to miss. So, but I mean, if you're missing, you're dealing at least two damage. So, it's good in that way. But yeah, I'm not sure. So he also has a special action which is called invasive procedure. An adjacent figure suffers one damage, one strain, and becomes bleeding. And then you become focused. Oh, cat. <coughs> she's stepping on my oh she's falling on the microphone what's going on um, and stepping on my keyboard so okay so improper, uh, invasive procedure of course if you're already uh, next to an, to an opponent this is of course very good to get before you attack because um, the enemy is uh, suffering damage already suffering strain and you become focused so you attack with three dice which is okay I'd say and he also has unnerving at the end of your activation, each adjacent hostile figure becomes weakened. And this sounds alright, I think. I mean, it's certainly much better in the campaign than it will be in the in Skirmish. Because weakened in Skirmish is a bit... It's not that impactful, I think. But if you can combine it with, um, with Bleed <coughs> or Stun, then... Um, it's another condition you need to... They are still having if you have some condition removal. So it's it's good in that way. Let's say yeah, way. in the, in I the think, campaign I had... Yeah. Uh, I think uh, the issue is that uh, the rebels uh, get uh, so many uh, upgrades that they are going to get a lot of searches anyway. So weekend doesn't do much against them there. So Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so I'm I'm not that much impressed with triple zero, especially not in a in a in a skirmish uh, environment. I mean, in the uh, in the campaign, he's good for uh, solely for the reason because uh, he's very cheap, and you can you can easily bring him on the board. And he has a health of eight, which in the first few missions should be enough to have him um, to have him on the board for a few rounds. So, and even then, at the later stages, maybe you can get off a, a stun, which can be crucial. <coughs> so he's okay, let's say it this way. Yeah, but of course um, he's unique, so you need to win. Win, win, yeah, then, yeah, so you, need to, you, of won't, you need, won't have yeah, yeah, you need on the first missions. No, no, not on the first, but let's say you draw the card and then you, you bring it down and then maybe let's say until threat level four, you have him and uh, combined with other figures, he could get into the heroes and then stun them and 
uh, have him on the board. Or so. so he's okay. I think he's okay for that. Uh, but personally, I'm much more interested in BT1. Um, just because his output is much more direct and he has also has more health. Yeah. And he has more, more he has more changes to recover with the free attack. So I'd say, yeah, I'm not actually sure that's... If I, if I win them both, I would certainly take BT1 more often than, than Triple Zero. Okay, but of course, that's not all that's in this pack. <laughs> There's much, much more. Uh, and uh, is it... Where is it? So first of all, we have um, a command card spoiled, which is BT1's... Um, personal command card called Ballistics Matrix. The cat is throwing down <laughs> stuff like crazy right now. Sorry, she's not happy. So, yeah, she's not. She's really not happy with the cone on her head. She wanted to to scratch her ears and she can't. So she's very poor right now. Poor cat. But she's purring like crazy. So at least that's good. She's got that going for her. So uh, back to the article. Um, we had spoiled uh, Ballistics Matrix, which is uh, BT1's signature card. It costs one, and of, it costs one point, and you can include it once in your command deck. You can, of course, only play it with BT1. And the text reads, used during your activation, place this card on your deployment card. What? Of course, it has, it has a second effect. Exhaust this card before you decline attack. Figures do not block line of sight during this attack, which I'm... I mean... It's okay, but it's certainly not that powerful. Uh, making him more powerful would certainly be a problem because he's already very good in skirmish, uh, especially decimating troopers or, or getting rid of single uh, high health figures with his powerful attack. <coughs> but this just helps him do that, which is good, but it's not that impactful, impactful by itself. So even if you don't draw it, it's not the end of the world. You just have to maybe play around it. Um, which leads me to believe that you probably won't even include that that often in the deck. I'm not sure, because but uh, unless you play, you are yeah. yeah. But, uh, I think this is uh, one way to get more out of the missile salvo uh, special action. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I, I know, I know that that's of course very good. Um, but um, seeing as that you that the missile salvo doesn't have that much of a range because the the, the most range you get is um, like uh, the most min range you get is three I think no it's with uh, uh, it's five it's five uh, uh, actually Wait. no f- no four no it's no, with four. the green yeah. with the green and with the green and the blue it's I think you have a min- minimum range of, of, of three or three plus uh, one from the because focus. Uh, you are one from the green die. Yeah, but the blue one, the blue one, the blue one has a, has a, a range of two minimum, so it's free with the green die, I think. Do, does he get accuracy? From yeah, somewhere? it's plus plus yeah. three accuracy. Oh, it's plus three accuracy. Oh, okay. Oh, that's so. I completely misread this. So of course, then it's then it's amazing to get this ballistics metrics, and then of course wreck havoc on, on three different figures and maybe even recover and do all of the good stuff. So maybe it's it's good to have it, but I'd say you, you could do without it too. So yeah. Especially since he's not that weak on the board with his 10 health, that you need to keep him back. So he's not he's not like he's not like health 6 or so where he's, he's in danger of, 
of being defeated by a two-figure or three-figure group, like all the time. Um, <coughs> with free with with ten health, you can comfortably sit him in like the open and then get off your free attacks and maybe recover free damage. So that would be good. So uh, the next card is actually Blaze uh, of Glory, but this is, where is the other card spoiled that we want to to talk about? Is it not spoiled in the in the article? The attachment for for uh, IG88. This is not spoiled. Should be right. Okay, let's go on. I, I think I it, keep it is shown this. in the next uh, or the newest article. Oh, okay. So um, let's talk about um, Triple Zero's unique command card, which is called Eerie Visage. Uh, Pazzi, you wanna read it? Uh, just a moment. It's spoiled. I think at the at the bottom. Yeah, I just accidentally closed closed the window. Uh, Eerie oh, Visage. Okay. Uh, yes. Oh, that that's uh, one point as well, and uh, you can include it once. Uh, it's a special action. Each hostile figure with line of sight to you suffers one strain and becomes weakened. So this is uh, really... Uh, it gives every figure a scare. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is also a card that's... It's not that powerful, and I think Triple uh, Zero would have benefited from a more powerful, a straight up powerful command card, like uh, maybe suffers uh, one strain and becomes stunned or so. But that would be very maybe limited to range of three. Yeah, or so. it would be a so it that would be, be a three point card after that. Yeah, or make make it a three point card, and then have every every figure in three spaces within your line of sight being. Uh, suffering one strain and becoming stunned because <coughs> limiting with range would mean you need to place him in front anyway, and that would put him in danger anyway. So I, that I think that would be better to have him uh, to have a more powerful command card for him because like this it it's even I think it's even worse than uh, BT One's command card, and I can't see you including this because these effects. Churning uh, out weekend and this one strain, it just doesn't do that much. I mean, it's not that consequential, I think. So, not sure if I'm reading that <coughs> wrong. <coughs> Sorry, if I'm reading that wrong or not, but yeah. So, um, I actually, since we are on the article, I can't. Oh, cat, your cat is, is on my on my board again, on my keyboard again. Um, this I can't figure out why they didn't spoil the other card we want to talk about actually. So, um, is it not in there in the article? The attachment for for IG88. It's not in there, right? I think it's in. No, it isn't. Uh, let. Yeah, it wasn't the. I think I think it wasn't in, in the previous article. So, let's go there. Oh, wrong, wrong category here. Um, yeah. So. This, this pack also includes another card for IG88. Uh, it's an attachment. And I think it's... I can't remember what it's called. Focus, focus on the kill. See. It's in the Utini uh, preview. The Utini there is article? a link in the Utini preview. Oh, okay. Focused. Oh, focus on the kill, yeah. Oh, it's not in, the, it's not in this pack? 
Oh, that's okay. Then we will, we will talk about when we talk about the next article. So, sorry for the confusion. I thought it's in this pack because it's so droid focused, and I mean all of the all of the uh, the packs are very droid focused. But I just for some reason thought that it was included here, and I didn't re I recognize that it's not included here. So <coughs> they don't actually spoil any other combat cards that are um, uh, in this pack, which is very nice because I think there is at least one or two other, maybe even three other command cards that we haven't seen yet. But they talk a lot about other command cards that we already have, like Overdrive, which is a skirmish card from, where is this actually from? Do you know? Uh, is this from the core box? Well, I don't think so. It's a card you can um, use with your droids and uh, they can suffer two damage to perform one additional action, limit once per droid. So this is very good. For both of them, of course, they can reuse Repair, Devotion, which allows them to um, draw command cards, and Shared Experience, which is... Uh, is this included in this one? I think it is, right? It's just, it says uh, until new Shared Experience, so I would ask... Yeah, Shared Experience is new, so it is a cost of one. You can include it once. <coughs> Use it with any droid or vehicle. Use during your activation. Spend three movement points to become focused. When a friendly droid or vehicle is defeated, you may redraw this card, <coughs> which is very nice to have some some way to get it from the discard pile again. Not only to to cover your your butt against uh, strain um, against, but also to use it again, of course. So, spending three movement points to become focused sounds. I mean, it depends on what, what figure you're using. On, you know, it's very good on, of course, HK droids and maybe even BT1. Uh, yeah, BT1. But we wouldn't use it on, on, on Draper Zero, for instance, because why would we? So, But it's certainly an interesting card. And uh, below this uh, spoiler, <coughs> they also included a, a picture of like a, a skirmish um, list you can build with the new pack, which is very nice. Uh, in, it includes IG-88, <coughs> Tiberio Alliance, and then both new droids like Triple Zero, BT-1, and uh, one elite uh, probe droid, and four non-elite probe droids, which means also that you need a second core box for this list, which is a bit of a uh, sleight of hand here. Yeah, but uh, actually, they are just trying to avoid uh, putting more than uh, one uh, box uh, in this. I think uh, there are just these new, new droids and uh, the core box uh, figures. You, yeah, you sure, can, sure. You can of I course know, use uh, some other some other <coughs> droids from other boxes. Sure. Mm. Especially if you swap out like two of the the prop droids for. I don't know what are good droids. I don't. I don't know. Kind of maybe maybe even weaker pirates or so because they're also hunter. Um, but of course, this is a, a list you could buy. Uh, you you could you could make if you buy just justice pack and maybe even get some way for or have a, a way to acquire additional prop droids, which I don't know how you would. But <clears throat> yeah, so this is the first article. Heavily focused on Imperials and on droids, of course. And I like BT1. Not feeling it with Triple Zero, but do you see them played in Skirmish, Posi? 
well, I'm a bad person to talk about the skirmish, but uh, I think there are pretty good uh, slots for them to sort of uh, fill in the gaps. And uh, especially with the new, I mean, the, uh, the Chavas, with the Java pack. Scavenger? Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Speaking of the Java pack, we also talk about the next uh, FFG article that is being spoiled, which is called Wutini! Sorry, I can't, I can't do my, my, my high voice today because I'm, I'm still, I'm still throat sick, so. Uh, Houtini is a, oh, Cat wants to visit again. Uh, Houtini is a spoiler article for the Java Scavenger, uh, pack, which, um, includes, of course, the Java Scavenger. And we will talk about what this also has in it. So, first of all, oh, oh, Kate is going crazy right now. Uh, first of all, um, we have a Java Scavenger in this pack. Uh, it comes with one figure and two deployment cards, one for a regular and one for elite. Uh, Paz, you want to go over the regular card? Yeah, the regular is uh, two points, Java Scavenger. Uh, it's a mercenary smuggler. Uh, has uh, plus two accuracy, searches for plus two damage and plus two accuracy. And uh, he's three health, four speed, uh, white defense die, and ranged attack with two red, uh, sorry, two yellow dice. And he has this special ability, uh, search ability, harass. After the attack results, if it did not miss, the defender suffers one strain. Yeah. Um, and then take cover. While defending, you may apply plus... Uh, one block and minus one evade to the defense results. Yeah, I actually I actually read this wrong uh, and thought take cover uh, said apply plus one block or plus one evade to the defense results. But, but of course it's plus one block and minus one evade. So it's basically you're trading off <coughs> you're trading off po- possible evades against another block, which I'm. Not feeling. I mean, you also get the additional block on the blank side because you actually don't have a uh, um, an evade to to sub- subtract there, but you get the block regardless. So it's uh, you have I think two sides with um, no, you have three sides with one block then, and no, sorry, you have two sides with one block and two sides with two blocks. Correct. Three. Oh, three sides with two blocks. And one side with the dodge result, so it's actually pumping up the survivability of this guy pretty high, especially in um, especially <coughs> against like two dice attacks. Yeah, which I think is is okay for for his two cost. Especially, so yeah, especially in the early campaign. Yeah, yeah, especially in the campaign. Like if you can, uh, <coughs> if you can spare the two threat, he's very good. And the um, the strain for for the during the attack is also very good early early in the campaign because early in the campaign the um, the rebels need all the strain you they can get they can they can they can get their hands on so I mean they need all the endurance and you are denying them by giving them strain so and this yeah is very and good. Uh, if you are lucky enough to roll double uh, double damage on the yellow die. Then it can hit pretty hard as well. Or yes, yes. especially with yeah. the surge of uh, for plus two damage again. So 
get up to five five damage there. Um, is it three five damage? Yes, five damage and then one strain, so it could be very, it could hurt very much. <coughs> so uh, there is also an elite version. Do you have the link to the elite version too? Because I know it's spoiled in the in the forums, right? Um, I I don't. Did you? Do I don't you have, have it here. Somewhere at hand? Uh, we have we have heard it read aloud uh, many times, but uh, I think I think we okay. would need to go to the FFG forums to re- read the text. Okay. So yeah. So the only thing I wanted to talk about this is that the, <coughs> I think the elite version is it is it um, split between a skirmish and campaign? Yes. Do you know? Yes, you c- you can see it from yeah, the so preview. Be- <coughs> Oh, okay. Because I think with the with the skirmish version, you get to include um, any droid from any faction. I think yes. And with the yes, there is uh, you can include three uh, droids from any affiliation, but only if your army is mercenary. Yeah, but it's but I think three from any from any faction is very it's a very good selection. Let's say it this way. I mean, you can bring. You can bring IG88 and both uh, and both BT1 and Triple Zero, just for including the, the elite Java, Java scavenger. So that, it sounds very good to, to me. Uh, and you don't even need to spend the threat on the uh, on temporary alliance. So, <coughs> and you can also, of course, mix and match between, let's say, C3PO and BT1 or C3PO and IG88, which previously, of course, didn't work because they are from opposing factions like the. The rebels and the uh, imperials, which couldn't mix at all until now, so it's the first time we can mix rebel and imperial fiction, uh, figures in the same list. So I'm very, very excited to see what comes of this. So, um, and I think the campaign version has some, yeah, the campaign version is actually spoiled in the in the over overview picture on the on the article, and it has the search ability haggle. Spend one threat to roll one green die. For each damage result, increase threat by one. So since on the green die, I think there is only one one phase where you don't have any damage yeah, results. Yeah, but uh, if you're and like me, you roll always that side. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but I think you have a one-third chance to, to increase your, your threat. Yeah. A, a, a one in six chance to... to lose completely and the rest is of course five and six chance to or three and six chance to to stay even which i think it's 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 worthwhile to to do this all of the time if you're if you're doing that unless you need to search for one of his search abilities like accuracy or damage to get through and you think this would be better but a threat usually one threat is worth more than one additional damage on the enemy so i'd say it's a very very nice uh ability so that's the and of course he he also has more health like five and he costs three instead of two, but that's about it. So he is just a more hardy version. And I think five health with the white die and his take cover ability should be good in skirmish to to include him. And maybe <coughs> do you know the skirmish version of the ability? Um, if you include two uh, elite Java scavengers, let's say you bought two packs. They are costing six, but can you then include six droids from from any faction? Yes, uh, at least according to 
So the, yeah. the okay, so the don't the don't override itself, and it's not that you can use this effect only once per list or so. No, it uh, they are two uh, two abilities of the same name from two separate sources, so it it's quite okay. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. I thought so. I just wanted to 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 clarify this. So could be a very nice nice way to, especially in the future, to to build some very janky lists with. Like special droids from 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 all of the sides, so and of course this is uh, perfectly themed for the for the wave, which is the theme of droids and whatnot. So, um, uh, yeah, what's yeah? Uh, and the skirmish version also has a of the elite uh, child droid has a similar <coughs> similar effect to haggle um, called bargain, and with that you you spend one surge. To uh, roll a green die and gain victory points equal to the damage on the on the green die. So this could be very useful with Jabba, of course, since you can generate victory points for you to spend on Jabba's uh, abilities. So that would be nice. And you, but you of course need to spend one VP first. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, you need to spend one VP to to actually make this happen. So which immediately makes it seem like. Uh, not that great of an ability to me because you are having it's it the, the the possibility to completely waste your victory point it's too too risky for me but that's why I'm not playing uh, mercenaries <laughs> <laughs> okay so let's see are there any command cards spoiled I think there are uh, first of all no let's go over to the attachment that yeah. is also spoiled uh, Pazi you want to read focused on the okay. card okay Zero points, focused on the kill, and this is unique, skirmish upgrade. And it's, of course, uh, mercenary. Attachment, IG-88, assassin droid only. Plus 5 health. At the start of your activation, gain 2 movement points. Before you declare an attack, you become focused. You lose uh, search, recover 3 damage, you gain search, PS1. Okay, and just, just to get over... Um this costs zero, so you can, if you're playing a mercenary list, you can just get this card and stick it onto IG-8 for the zero cost, and it doesn't cost you any, it just alters him, and many say, of course, it's a buff, and it is a buff. Uh, let's go over his original deployment card, because most of you, like like myself, might have forgotten what IG-8 is actually about. He usually has a cost of 12. I mean, cost is not altered. He has a cost of 12. He has a, an automatic block, Automatic plus two accuracy, search for recover free, which of course he loses with the card, with the attachment. A search for plus two damage, 10 health, speed of five, a black defense die, and an attack with two dice. But uh, he also has the ability arsenal. Your attack pool consists of any combination of two attack dice. So <coughs> with, his, with his attachment, this means um, he has 15 health now for 12 points investment, an automatic block. He doesn't have to recover, but, but since recover isn't that prominent in the current skirmish meta where it, that, that, that the rounds are lasting two, three, maximum four rounds, <coughs> this isn't that much of a problem. He also has Assault, which means he can perform multiple attacks each activation, and with the speed of five and the attachment, uh, well, let's see, he, um, gets... he has a, an effective speed of seven, or he can just take two steps, and then shoot twice. Uh, 
And since you can always choose your dice, you can make the the range you need happen at, at least. Um, and um, he also, let's not forget, he has Relentless, like the Trend Ocean Hunters. When you declare an attack, targeting a figure within three spaces, that figure suffers from one strain. I'm not sure if this is actually needed, because one strain isn't that impactful, but certainly a nice bonus. And he has also access to the Hunter trade, which we know, with Java's Realm, the Hunters are amazing, so... <coughs> I think it's an upgrade, but you could argue that re losing the Recover Free makes him at least not overpowered, so... But you get uh, five health, and uh, so that yes, makes yes, him yes. less uh, swingy. Because recover, recovery yeah, sure. is swingy. It makes... Uh, yeah, it's swingy, yeah. I, I mean, the, the the lesson to take away is that since he has the automatic block and the plus two accuracy means with the attachment, he has uh, free accuracy right out, out of the box. Even if you choose to roll like uh, uh, a green and two red die, and he gets two movement points, so he can uh, reach a target five spaces away. He can step two, then shoot for range three, and attack twice with uh, green, red, red, which is a very good damage output. I mean, you probably want to include some ways to reroll dice, because the red die can be swingy, and he doesn't have any way to reroll by himself. So, But if you can make this happen... The 12 points are almost worth it, I'd say. It's still an investment, but I'd say he's he's brought to a, to an exact, acceptable level right now. Okay, so this is the attachment card in the in the um, Java Scavenger pack, which everyone is talking about because it was spoiled in a Team Covenant video a few weeks ago, or actually two months ago, <laughs> right now. And um, everyone's talking about and is now speculating about um, what other cards that uh, what other cards could be coming <coughs> uh, that also may, might include like uh, cards uh, attachment cards for Han Solo, for uh, Chewbacca, or for General Weiss, or I don't know. Let, let your imaginations go wild. All of the overcasted figures, maybe even Darth Vader. All of the overcosted figures to maybe uh, buff their health, buff their defense, do something so they don't uh, seem so overcosted right now. Because sinking that much uh, money or money, <laughs> that much deployment points into a figure and then have it like being stunned, being taken off the board in one activation, all of that, that stuff just isn't fun. So, okay. Um, there's also a new command card spot called Navigation Upgrade. Uh, Pazi, you want to go over the card? Yeah, it's a droid, droid trait, uh, special action and one strain. Place this card in your play area. Exhaust this card during a friendly droid's activation. That figure gains one movement point. And it's two cost and uh, you can have one of those in your deck. So, so yeah, this is sort of... Trading and action and strain for later benefits for movement points. <laughs> yeah, I think the need the need to have this in your hand at the start of the of the game is very high, because if you're only if you're losing one one round of this and you have a, a potential two round game, you you you, you the game the, the card is effectively worthless after that, because you're, you're trading one action and one strain 
for one movement point on another figure. So, and even then, even if you're getting in, the, in your opening hand and you're getting the, the effect three times, still trading one action away doesn't sound worth it just for that. I mean, it's awesome to position your 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 droids a little bit better. Uh, but, I mean, it's it's tailor-made for, for IG-88 with the attachment right now because this means he gets three movement points. Um, but, of course, you need to navigation upgrade on another droid. Uh, he, he then gets three movement points and then can shoot twice, which is very good, of course, but you need to trade away one strain, first of all, one strain and an action on one of your droids. So <coughs> I can't see this being really widely used with how how uh, short the, the skirmish games are going right now. So it's, a, it's an interesting card and certainly nice, but yeah. You need luck with that card. Yeah, yeah, like I said, it's, I mean, you don't need luck. I mean, uh, you can, you can um, try to... There will be there will be effects that um, let you dig for cards in the first round, and then that can you that that uh, up your chances of getting this card in the first round. But like I said, it's a dead card after the almost a dead card after the first round, and for that to include it, even costs a point. If it's if it costs zero points, it's one of these filler cards that would be okay. But it even costs a point, so I'm not seeing it right now. <clears throat> okay, uh, enough for bad cards. Let's go on to the second spoiled uh, command card, which is called Routini. Costs one. You can include it once in your deck. Use it at the start of a round. During this round, each friendly Java scavenger gains plus one speed, plus one accuracy, and surge. If you're attacking a figure, gain one victory point. Um, the, it's great. It, it, that's. It, I think that's miles better than... Um, uh, than the navigational upgrade. I mean, you get one speed, which is almost the same you get <coughs> with the with the navigational upgrade. It's just a one-time effect. You get plus one accuracy, which means the, uh, the, the scavengers now have an accuracy of three out of the box, plus whatever you roll on it to a yellow die. And you get surge for a victory point, which, of course, it's, it's amazing. Uh, and I have a question. Pause yeah. Is this a search ability? Can I use this only once? Yes, once per attack, yeah. Um, I, I, I can't remember. Let, let, so let's bring up um, Kane Somos. So, uh, Kane Somos has a squad command on the search. Choose an adjacent friendly trooper, that figure becomes focused. I distinctly remember us saying that this works multiple times per attack. No, no, no. No. It doesn't? But uh, the thing is that uh, you don't need to... uh, Or the target doesn't need to suffer damage for you to use it. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 that's that's, that's quite clear. Yeah, that's quite clear. Um, Maybe that's... I distinctly remember. Maybe we talked about it, and then we came to the right conclusion that it can't be can't be used multiple times per attacks. But I think with with this being used multiple times per attack, it would grant you and effectively max four victory points for for each attack. So 
it could spiral out of the control if you have um, if you have like three or even four um, Java scavengers. <coughs> so maybe that's why you can only use it once. But if you have two, three, or four uh, Java scavengers, this is an auto include, I think, because you are you are generating victory points like mad with this. Yeah. And of course, you get the accuracy and the speed, which help you in other ways. So, uh, for me, this card is is it is miles better than the navigational upgrade, and it's not even focused on Droid, So, very good. Of course, you need to have multiple uh, Javas then. Yeah, I wouldn't play it with just one Java scavengers. I, I think two two is kind of stretching it, and two might be might be good or might not be good. I'm not sure right now. But um, with with three, it's an auto include, and with four, why not run it? It, it? I mean, it's it's great. You 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 can draw it like in the second round, in the third round, and it's still valuable, and it still gives you an edge, unless the navigational upgrade, which you need in the first need in the first round, and you need to play it in the first round. It's so it's it actually takes away options from you, while Utini gives you options. So yeah, okay. So that's the last card <coughs> spoiled in the Utini's um, news article, uh, which means uh, we also have uh, a few other news articles to talk about. First of all, which is called the uh, 2017 March Rules Update. Pazi, you will be very happy right now because the FAQ is finally out. Yes, <laughs> we have we have been yes, waiting. Yeah, we, we've yeah. been talking about it. We have waited for a long time for it. Yeah, yeah I think we, we talked about it the first time in late of December, uh, late of January, which is like two months now. So, but it's finally out, and we will talk about it. Just not during the news section. We will we will keep that for the rules clarifications, which will be a prolonged. Um, uh, section this time. Other than that, if you were playing any other Star Wars um, <coughs> uh, Star Wars games from Fantasy Flight, all of the the FAQs are updated now. So, I mean, not all of them. I think the the Amada FAQ was updated in October last, so I'm not sure what's going on with that. But all of the other games had very recent uh, FAQ updates, so check it out. It's very, very interesting. And uh, if you play one of the other games, it's uh, an interesting news article to look at. And the last uh, news article we will talk about uh, also just briefly is um, a sneak peek at the prices for the 2017 European Championships. They are soon, I think they are in from now one to two and a half months, not even two and a half months. So let's say two months actually. And they spoil a little bit of the of the um, uh, general uh, prizes you can win in, in all of the tournaments. So um, each participant will get a challenge coin with um, um, one side with the European map and UK Game, Games Expo 2017, and the other side has a number on it. Not sure what's going on with the number, but it's a challenge coin. You have seen this stuff, so it's not that big of a deal. But... More importantly, everyone participating and uh, making the the cuts to the top 32 will receive a deck box. Uh, it's a premium deck box, and it's in with a European Championships logo on the side. So 
if you're short in deck boxes, get there. Maybe you get one for free. I mean, you still have to pay for the entry, but at least then you get something back. But uh, you also have the chance, if you are making the cut to the top four, <coughs> um, you get a free reserved seat for the next World Championship, which, uh, help me out, Pazi. Um What's the order of uh, what's the order of championships here? So this is the, a free reserved seat for next year's world championship. Is this correct? Because we have in uh, aren't the isn't the, the the world championship in May right now for Star Wars? Sorry, I <laughs> I can't say. Are uh, you okay? Yeah. You, you because uh, it's it's a shame we don't have Yabba here because he knows all of this stuff. So um, I think the the championships, the European championships, are after the after the World Championships for this season for Star Wars, which are in summer right now, and I think they're in May. So this this free reserve seat will, would be eligible for next year, I think. So Because the next World Championship is, of course, next May then for all of the Star Wars games. And the finalists in each Euro- European Championships will also receive a buy at the next World Championship. So if you... Um, if you came up in the top two, not only are you, get, are you getting a free seat, you're also getting a buy in the first round, which can be quite influential and whatever. And the best of all, for uh, for the winner of each tournament, uh, you will receive a travel package to ensure that you can compete at the next World Championship. This package includes an additional free reserved seat Um for the next uh, World Championship, an entire hotel room for the use during the World Championship, and flight or, or, or travel expenses covered for the championship to attend. Um, I'm actually not sure that the, the additional uh, seat is this for a friend of you. It, mu- it must be for for your friend or something to give away because they they obviously they expect you not to travel alone and bring something someone with you. And <clears throat> so maybe that's that is why the why they are saying you get an additional free reserved seat. Not sure why they word it, would word it this way if they, if it's not that way. But it's nice to have to finally have a um, European tournament that actually gives the chance of of uh, travel stipends to the US. Uh, but of course, for next year then. Okay, but this, these are just the. The general, the the, the the prizes you can win in every tournament. But for each uh, game, you have alternate art cards, tokens, and more that are specific to this game that can also be won. Um, but they are spoiled or, or revealed at a later time. So this article just goes over the, the general prizes you can win in each tournament. Okay, and uh, last but not least, this is also from Parsi, I think. If you are playing with your um, your campaign group and people want to read up on rules, the Java's Realm rulebook is also now downloadable on the product page for Imperial Assault. So, of course, this doesn't include all of the campaign stuff. It's just the, the few pages in front of the campaign where <coughs> sorry where you um, you can read up on on the, the special rules on I think companions are in are in there and uh, how the campaign is different now with uh, revealing more item cards um, limiting the imperial player to four uh, active um, what's it called 
four active agenda cards and all of the good stuff. So, um, very good, and you should take a look at that. So, <coughs> Pazi, uh, anything you want to add to the news, or did I miss something? I think the, that's very, that's pretty much uh, what we have. Yeah. Okay. So it was actually. Let's see. Let's see the time right now. Yeah. Oh God, we are at the one hour mark. I wanted to do this in half an hour. What's going on? So okay. Uh, <coughs> news is over. Let's go on. We are skipping game discussion this week because we are having a lot of talk to talk about anyway. So next uh, next episode, you can expect us to talk about the Hot Mercenaries class from Jabba's Realm. It's the Imperial class, the second one we talk we didn't talk about yet, but not this way this time. Uh, we will skip this and head on right, right over to rules clarification at... But you are not a Jedi yet. Um, this is where we will open up our nice and long FAQ documents. Let's see. Yeah, it, it's here. I'm not actually sure why it's not loading for me. Ah, now it's loading. Okay. It's lagging a bit, but okay. So, Pazi. Uh, let's walk, walk us through there. Um, we have all of the changes I read, correct? Uh, I think it... Or are the changes that we... changes are in blue this time. It's in blue? God, this, I, I don't know why this lags so much. I, know, I have to reload it. Okay, so... Were they, were they, were they read last time? I can't... God, I need to download this. This is, this is horrible. Uh, I, I remember them being in red, but maybe maybe I just misremember that. Okay, so what's the first change, Basil? The first one is uh, a question in a campaign. Can I deploy a massive figure if there are exterior spaces but no deployment points in them? And the answer is uh, yes. And uh, the rules say that the massive figure can be deployed to the exterior space closest to the chosen deployment point. Is there a mission where this actually takes place? Um, I, I think I there mean, are a couple of where you can use this uh, to your advantage. But uh, oh, the okay. issue is, of course, that uh, <coughs> the massive figure can only uh, shoot inside. It can't follow it. Yes, it, it, it cannot. It cannot follow inside. So yeah. So not sure where you where you want to actually do this, but yeah. Okay. So the next question was: When a massive figure is deployed, does it push push figures away from the deployment point? And the answer is, of course, yes. The massive figure is considered to have ended its movement when it is placed during deployment. This means that unless another massive figure is on top of the deployment point, the deployed massive figure will deploy directly to the point, pushing all other figures aside. I think this was, at least to me, we always played it this way. And this also means that... Uh, I think this... Does this happen in the last, um, last mission of... Um, uh, Return to Hoth, I think, where you have to deploy um, General Sorin and his tank. And I think they are both on the same deployment point, so you cannot actually... I think we played this wrong in the first uh, the first time. You cannot hide the officer completely behind the, t- the tank, because this deployment point is in, in sort of a uh, <coughs> dead end yeah. of the map. So you can, I think you, you cannot hide uh, Sorin behind the tank. You have to deploy the tank on the on the spot and then push Sorin away, even if you deploy Sorin. Uh, well, so. it depends on where the rebels are. So you might uh, might be able to put Sorin on the on the um, sort of 
uh, right side of the tank. Yeah. Yeah. And sure. I, I used this once, uh, this, uh, I, I think it was, uh, yeah, it was one return to hot uh, mission where I deployed an ATST much further away due to having the tank uh, covering the deployment point. Huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and of course, this works since the tank is also yeah. massive, so it doesn't get pushed away, so. Okay, the next one, I think we, clear, we cleared this up weeks ago or months ago. Question, can I attack a mobile figure on blocking terrain with a melee attack with reach from two spaces away? And the answer is yes, if you have line of sight to the mobile figure. So I think that's pretty clear. Yeah. Uh, not sure if people thought otherwise. Yep. What's the contention I think uh, you can look it that way, that uh, reach attacks are almost like range attacks but because they just require the target to be two spaces oh yeah distance within two spaces and uh, in line of sight so they are yes. almost like they are not even melee attacks yes yeah. which makes this whole stuff with with melee reach even more weird but <coughs> let's not dwell on, on on reach that much because um I don't like it. I think it makes certain figures too powerful, but enough of that. So the next question was, the next new question was um, about command cards. If an elite Imperial officer use executive order to cause a stormtrooper to attack, can I play element of surprise? And the answer is yes, you can play elements of surprise, even if it's not the attacker's activation. In this case, element of surprise checks if the target figure had line of sight to attack to the attacker. At the start of the current activation, not the attacker's last activation. We talked about this last year, I think. Um, and it was always intended this way. It, it's clear that it's intended this way because the attacker, of course, comes from nowhere and shoots. So the, the, the defender cannot, uh, the defender cannot, um, uh, what's it called? Cannot defend effectively. But uh, people were playing it literally, meaning that um, <coughs> uh, the current activation was the activation of the figure uh, giving uh, giving up the attack or ordering the attack. And I think people were also arguing that the element of surprise checks um, at the start of the um, Imperial officer's round, which isn't, I think, the case, right? Because the current activation right now is the activation no, of the stormtrooper no. No, that no. got the attack. No, no, you are mixing no? it up. Uh, the, the, okay. the card Let's says, uh, if at the start of your activation, and, and that, yes. uh, uh, that would refer to the figure's previous activation, unless, unless you okay, interpret yeah. Yeah, that yeah, it yeah. as uh, current activation. Yeah. So. Just consider it uh, saying okay. at the start of the current activation <coughs> and everything is all right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then it's all clear. Then some more. Yeah. I think every I think everyone was playing it that way anyway. Yeah. So. Then we have uh, another fringe case. Question. In captured, can large imperial figures enter movement across a door? And this is this question. Okay. The answer is no. 
the in capture the rule states that the door does not block a large figure's movement, but that figure so the figure can move through the door, but uh, it still cannot end its movement across the door's edge. So it would have been quite an yeah. uh, balancing act, act to end movement on top of the door, or inside the door, or what <laughs> what else? Yeah, yeah, I don't know what people thought <coughs> because. Uh, the the rationale would be if the if this doesn't uh, block the um, uh, figure's movement, but you're standing in the same place as the door, then of course this means that the door opened and is now gone. No? So uh, this of course wouldn't happen. But um, I think that I think it's quite clear why this is ruled this way. So no need to to, to dwell on it too long. So. I don't know why why this this PDF is seeming to to lag that much. Whatever. Okay. So um, the next question was um, about Saska. If Saska is incapacitated, can other rebel figures use her device tokens? And the answer is no. Incapacitated, incapacitated, and withdrawn figures' abilities cannot be used, even if they don't affect the same figure. So I think the uh, what's going on here is that if you're, if one of the figures is in- incapacitated, it loses all text on all its cards. <coughs> this includes passive bonus, like uh, I had this in my campaign mission actually, where Vinto uh, had bought the the card for plus one speed, and um, he was then withdrawn in one of the Troubles Round campaign missions. And then he lost this passive bonus. He had it on the wounded side, but once he was withdrawn, he lost it completely, which means he had only uh, three speed instead of five. And this ultimately meant I won my mission. But um, this is very, very... um, You need to take care that you don't read any of the cards once you're uh, incapacitated. None of the stuff works. So, So, Pazzi, wait... There was one of these, one of these questions regarding Fen. Uh, yes, and yeah, this movement. also applies to tactical movement. Yeah, so tactical movement is also not working when he's yeah withdrawn, or correct? incapacitated in this case, and yeah. uh, also yeah. the uh, device tokens and uh, recon tokens don't work anymore if uh, Saska or Oloku are yes. incapacitated or withdrawn. They still stay on the on the figure that you placed them, the the device and um, the recon tokens, but they have no effect anymore because the figure controlling all of the all of the effects don't is isn't actually yeah, there. The rule anymore, doesn't so. exist anymore. Or the ability. Yes. Okay, so moving on, the next one would be the Arcanauts. Do, you want uh, to do we need? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think okay. The rec- uh, this is the sort of uh, a mistake in the final editor. Or uh, this, this, yeah, it's a it's a mistake on the original card. This goes back to card. the intent. Okay, the regular and elite Ukna Tinker cards should include the following changes. The spot belt ability should read: put the chunkroid uh, companion into play in an adjacent space, and uh, then the minor thing. Uh, this is just a clarification. The scrap battalion ability should read the chunk droid readies at the start of your group's activation. It activates activates as though it is part of your group and may use your search abilities. 
So the first one is uh, the big one, and uh, it means that uh, when uh, the Uknot uses the spot wealth, it creates a new droid. So it comes to play uh, in, in the ready position. And uh, because yeah. you can only have one uh, droid, uh, one companion of the same type, the old copy just get re- gets removed from the board. Yeah, yeah. So you you are effectively teleporting the chunk droid from from wherever it stands to a place adjacent to the Agnotinkerer, removing all damage, removing all all, all uh, conditions. You're basically getting a brand new chunk droid. And I think it's also yes. ready, right? So if uh, the, uh, and uh, the other one says that. Uh, <coughs> Wait. Uh, okay, yeah. Well, go ahead. I step back. back. Um, you activate a group by activating each figure in the group in the order of your choice. So yeah. uh, when you activate the Ugnite Tinkerer group, uh, the Scrap Battalion readies the Chunk Droid. And now the Chunk Droid can activate because it's ready. Yeah. Okay. But you cannot get... Uh, I think what's uh, when you're using Spot Weld... You are not actively readying the card of the droid. Well, you are. You are because, because you are getting a new droid, so, which enters enters the game <coughs> ready. So, so you can so you can get two activations out of the same droid uh, in the same round. Not in the, the same, same droid, but uh, two chunk droids. <laughs> so you can get two chunk droid activations during one Arcanaut Tinker yeah. activation. That's what. Okay. Yeah. So this is actually not not bad, right? So. I think that's what that was that was uh, what the question was all about. If you when you're using spot weld, do you ready the companion card or do you not ready it? And I think since it's now clarified that put into play always means you take the you take the token or you take the figure, place it on the board for from wherever it was, and then uh, take its corresponding card and put it into. Um, put it onto the, the table in the ready state. And since I think this is this was was was, was taught and and I think Paul also wanted to clarify with this that put into play always means you take the card, make it ready from wherever it was, you place it on the table and it is ready. I think that's what, what they also wanted to talk uh, tell us about with that. So if you read put into play next time with any companion, with every all of the time it means Ready deployment card or ready companion card in this case. <coughs> That's very good. So uh, it certainly, with all of the Detroit love we are, we are getting, can only help. So because companion droids get to use all of the shiny new droids command cards. So okay, next question: um, When can I use Pierce the, the Pierce reduction ability of Silo Technique in skirmish? Seal technique can be used to reduce the pierce value at any time before step 7 of the attack, where it is applied to reduce the number of blocks. Notably, this means that it can be used after surges are spent. So I think that's what we've, what we've been playing all the time. So it's, you can use it at the last possible time <coughs> to have your opponent spend surges on pierce and then use seal technique to negate this pierce. 
<coughs> because this also means if your opponent does not choose to pierce, you don't need to re- you don't need to exhaust it and have it ready at the next attack. So yeah, this is an old old uh, ruling. Yeah, it's it's an old ruling, but it also means I mean that that also means the card is quite a bit stronger than some people suspect, because you as long as it's ready, you have the option of of negating the pierce, but you don't need to use it, and your opponent needs to take into account that if he if you don't if he doesn't force you to use it by actually selecting pierce, it will be ready all of the time. So has <coughs> a bit of a mind game in there. Okay, so um, are we reading? Yeah, let's let's read the, the missionary rather for storming the. Should we read this? Ah, let's read it. Okay, so the next the next um, errata is concerning one of the campaign missions for Jevil's Realm, and it's for the mission storming the palace. There is there are several bullet points, and the seventh bullet points of hot retreat should read. <coughs> The neutral mission token represents Malakili. Malakili is an imperial figure, health 8, defense none, that cannot activate. While Malakili is, an, is on the map, the ranker gains 5 movement points at the start of its, of its activations. So, I actually have a question yeah. about this. Because um, in the original text... It says Malakili is a neutral figure, yes. right? Uh, that was the issue. Yeah. So this is was that this was obviously wrong because you cannot the rebels cannot attack yeah. neutral figures, right? Okay, so this is what this would have uh, made the ranker gain five movement points all of the time, and this also means that the health and the defense, which did specify in the original rule in the original text, actually don't mean anything because you cannot attack it. So, and even <coughs> if you could attack, then uh, it would suffer no damage. Because neutral figures don't suffer any damage. Okay, yeah, that also, yeah. Okay, yeah. But you cannot even attack it because it's neutral. So, um, this is, of course, now clarified. Malakili is an imperial figure, just like any other. It just cannot activate it. It doesn't do anything by itself. It just gives the passive bonus to the Rancor, which is amazing. Uh I played the Rancor, by the way, last mission. It's, 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 it's great. Yeah. It's very fun. It's just very big. So, uh, And Rancor okay, was so... the only figure that okay. uh, practically could uh, get any uh, of my rebels uh, wounded in the Return to Hoth campaign. <laughs> yeah. I think I wounded uh, maybe three times. Heroes three times in the okay. whole campaign. We. Which deck were you playing? Uh, what what did you say? Uh, which deck uh, were you it, playing? It which was imperial pres- deck? It was the precision <coughs> training. I just I I just couldn't okay. get it to yeah, work okay, for yeah, me. That's, okay, yeah, that's yeah. It's hard to to work, especially if uh, the the theme of the campaign doesn't really work with this with this in mind. So, okay, so moving on. Frequently asked questions about Jabba's realm. Uh, you want to start yes, with uh, Luke Jedi? I uh, used Jedi to Luke? say uh, we, we talk. We talked about that, <coughs> and I said you are not ready yet, but now we are. Uh, okay. 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 It's in the other one. 
Uh, the question, can Luke Skywalker Jedi Knight attack twice during his activation? And the answer is, of course, yes. Heroic doesn't require Luke to spend an action to perform that attack, so uh, he can still use one of his two actions to perform a separate attack in the same activation. And this uh, yeah. next one is, can Luke Skywalker Jedi Knight use his heroic ability to attack while in other figures' space? <laughs> And here's now a small change to the rules as written. No, to perform an attack, a figure must end its movement, which you cannot do in a non-company figure space. Okay, let's stop here. Um, on the um, I have a question about one of the cards of Vinto. We haven't. I, I'm. I think we 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 haven't talked about Vinto on the show now, but we will in, in due time. He has one of his uh, one XP cards. It's yep. called Shot on the Run. It's uh, it has apply plus one speed to your hero, and exhaust this card if you perform the move during disactivation and choose a hostile figure within three spaces and line of sight. Test inside. If you success, that figure suffers one damage. So it's basically he's running around and giving up uh, out pot shots to other figures. Now the question is, uh, can I use can I exhaust this card? While traveling through a space of a hostile yes. figure, so he doesn't need to. Since it's not an attack, he doesn't need to stand still, and he doesn't need to. He only needs to occupy the space, which he does when he's moving. Yes, through, right? uh, it's not an action, and it's not an attack, so it can be. You don't okay. need to end movement to use that. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to clarify this for my players because they have bought this and they are using. It. Okay, so next question was, when using Elite Sniper with an Elite Alliance Ranger, do I have to reroll both dice at the same time, or can I reroll, or, or can I reroll this, the second after seeing the result of the first? The answer, of course, is which we suspected it is, if you choose to reroll two dice, both must be rerolled at the same time. This also happens in, uh, I think, uh, the campaign with, again, Vinto, he has this blaster. Let's bring it up for just a minute. Uh, he has this blaster called uh, Hair Trigger Pistol as his starting weapon, and it has text while attacking with this weapon. You may reroll all of your attack dice, and I strongly suspect it's the same here. You need to either reroll one, or you need to reroll both of your dice if you're using this ability, and you cannot reroll one, see the result, and then maybe reroll the second. You need to reroll all of your dice. So. At the same time, just to clear it up. So, um, then since you did two, I will also do two. When playing the Hut Mercenaries Imperial class and the last hero is defeated, two incapacitated heroes still get new bounty tokens from Wanted Dead. The answer is yes, each hero should claim a new bounty token, even if that hero is incapacitated or withdrawn at the time. <coughs> I think this is quite clear. We haven't talked about this deck. We will next time. But the gist of it of this is that the, the box comes with four tokens, and um, the deck instructs you to to give one of these tokens to each hero. And this means each time a hero has this token in his on his card or whatever, uh, you get certain bonuses. And once this um, this hero is wounded, he loses the token. But once uh, once everyone has lost their tokens, all of them get new tokens. So this also the new the, the distributing distributing of the new tokens also happens if the if one of the 
the heroes is completely withdrawn, incapacitated, or whatever. Everyone gets in your token, so you don't get to weasel your way out of your <laughs> of your um, um, wanted status. So I think this is also quite clear because the whole deck uh, revolves around uh, having uh, tokens on the heroes and gaining certain benefits from it. Okay, so um, next question. Uh, Pazi, you want to go? I think I we, think we can skip this, this and uh, say just say that uh, okay, when yeah, you, yeah. if you want to know how Null Hunter Borderlands, Borderlands works, then read the FAQ. Yeah, so this, this is the this is for the four player map, the four player skirmish map, and with the turrets who can shoot at the end of the round. <coughs> there were questions about uh, when the shooting and when the taking damage happens. And um, this is all clarified within there. So it's a pretty long sentence, or a few pretty long sentences. So uh, just read it out. And I think it's exactly the way we we uh, we described it in our first clarification when we talked about it on the show. Okay, so uh, next one, Pazi. Then what happens in skirmish when Credo attacks another Credo? <laughs> this, this is a fun one. Yeah, of course. What 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 happens is the movie Inception starts, and you hear you hear the <laughs> sound. They are both uh, struggling to get their uh, weapons out. Yes, yes. So when the first Credo attacks uh, Credo B, A slow on the draw triggers, causing B to attack A. This causes B slow on the draw to trigger, resulting in A to attack, attack B. And in this case, only resolve each slow on the draw once. And uh, so then there are up to three attacks, or maybe four if uh, parting shot. Yeah, or, but parting shot isn't. Parting yeah. shot is, is its own attack. It's three attacks within this one attack structure. Yeah, so at the <coughs> most, this results in three attack, attacks in this order A attacks B, B attacks A, A attacks B. Yeah. So I, I think, uh, is this actually. So let's talk about this for a moment. Um, does this mean you can um, trigger an ability? So this would actually be um, congruent with the ruling that you can trigger any ability only once per timing instance um, from from each of its sources. So you have two sources of uh, slow on the draw. So you get two slow on the draw attacks within another attack. So it's it's limiting to a total of free attacks within this attack. So um, uh, it's it's not exactly so, but uh, let's just yeah, say it, because it's an it's a different attack. So slow on the drop uh, would still oh, still trigger, true. but uh, the, okay. for for yeah. simplicity, we just limit it once to once per activation. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. So slow on the draw only once per activation. Yeah. Um, then we have. Um, yeah, you you go ahead. You you read another one because you you okay. yourself out, out of the Dalhata one. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, question: If a player has no uh, VP but counts as having two from a mission effect, like in gaining favor, can Chapatehat spend those points to use order hit? Of course, no. Players cannot spend VP they currently have from counts as abilities. Those abilities modify but don't directly add to the player's VP. And I think this is uh, pretty 
clear. Yeah, so you can you can only spend uh, VPs you actually have. Yeah, so the 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 count as victory points are only taken into account when seeing if you have forty or not. Correct. Yeah, they are only they count towards the winning condition or the but but for nothing mission else. and yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I think we were. I actually narrated this wrong when I do when I was doing one of the skirmish videos, and I, I thought Java can use these these points to to use his abilities, but of course this is wrong. So, okay, uh, next question and last question from the skirmish block: uh, Can I use Java's Java the Hutt's order hit ability to attack with my opponent's figure? And the answer I also said this incorrectly in one of the videos the answer is no you could choose an opponent's figure with with order hit but that figure would still make its decision for its own attack and movement java does not let you perform an attack with that figure so uh essentially what this means is um you're giving your opponent a way to attack himself but he doesn't he doesn't have to do it so you can still trigger the ability and the ability still triggers but there's no attack coming out if your opponent doesn't want to so I mean, if he wants to, he still can, <laughs> but why would he? So, so no, this actually doesn't work. So, Oh, wait, I, I scrolled down too fast now. Um, well, well, that, I, well that's, not, that's of no importance, you scrolling that. Because okay, of, yeah. of no importance to treat, use after the last figure is... Use after the last figure in one of your non-unique groups is defeated. That figure is worth two fewer VPs to a minimum of, of zero. Okay, so so this is this is modifying the skirmish card uh, of no importance, which a few players were correctly identifying as having no uh, no effect at all because previously the wording was that use after the last figure in one of your non-unique groups has been defeated, that group's deployment card is worth two fewer victory points to a minimum of zero. <coughs> Since deployment cards do not grant any victory points anymore, only figures do, this would have no effect, so they just rewrote it to to be applicable to a single figure being defeated. So, so practically... Pretty straightforward, I think. Yeah, practically it works, works the same as before. Yeah. Just the wording yeah. is changed. It's even more flexible because you can choose when to use it um, during any figure's uh, defeat from the same group. So you can, if you have three stormtroopers, no, you don't have to use it. Right? No, it's it's the last figure. It specifies. Oh, it's, it's still the last figure. Okay, then yeah. I forget what I said. So yeah, then it's the same as before, just that it it still works now. Okay, so then we have from the Rebel Troopers Ally Pack. Um, related if I play... to the skirmish. skirmish. Sorry? Uh, re related to the skirmish scoring okay, yeah, again. Yeah. Um, if I play reinforcements, does my opponent lose the victory points scored from the defeated figure? The answer is no. Reinforcement creates a new figure which can be defeated for additional victory points. This was also heavily discussed when we had the rule change from scoring points off of deployment uh, cards onto scoring victory points by defeating figures. So um, I think there was a Twitter uh, utterance from the from the FFG OP uh, Twitter account, which 
wasn't actually wasn't entirely clear on how this interaction works, and they just cleared it up here. That people, I think the ruling was was played that that way anyway, so um, shouldn't make that much of a difference. But a reinforcement now creates additional victory points for your opponent to to gain if she, if he or she should be defeating this additional figure. So it's not the same stormtrooper you are just reviving; it's another stormtrooper you're bringing into play. So. Um, Quite, quite in in line with the actual theme of the card. So. Yes. Okay. So, ten eighteenth place, uh, we line back has this skirmish mission. So, question: In the skirmish mission, reconnaissance, can I place a hologram on blocking terrain? And the answer is no. Blocking terrain blocks adjacency, so spaces on of blocking terrain are not not adjacent to a figure to place a hologram in it. Okay, and, uh, so and this go is ahead. this yeah this was uh, ruled incorrectly at words, but it was fixed later. Yeah, um, <coughs> um, this is actually very important because I think uh, that um, the ruling or the rule itself blocking terrain blocks adjacency. Is this is this in the rules reference guide somewhere, or where, is is this the first time we are reading this? Uh, you mean this uh, adjacency just, thing? Right? Yeah, just that blocking terrain specifically. That blocking terrain blocks adjacency. Yes, it's in, the, it's in the rules, but you just have to read the right place. Is it in the wait? Let, let's bring up the rules reference guide. So, just a moment because I want to note it because it's that is that it actually has. Very large impact on the campaign too, and specifically for Onar, I think. So, rules reference guides. So, blocking terrain. Blocking terrain is represented by a solid red red line. Figures cannot enter, be pushed onto spaces, trace line of sight. Sometimes blocking terrain, blah, 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 blah. So it's actually not in there, I think. Uh, check page three for adjacency. Or check what? Page three or for adjacent. Oh, uh, adjacent. Adjacent. A space is adjacent to each other. Space the chairs on edge or corner with the space. Um, two spaces that share only an edge that is a wall or blocking terrain are not adjacent. Okay, so this is actually... The, the original ruling. I'm not sure why they why they ruled it differently at Worlds Worldsome because it seems quite clear if you're just ruling just looking in the rules reference guide. So, and of course, um, a, a a number of effects on Onar <coughs> in the campaign have the ruling that um, a ruling on adjacent figures. So all of these do not work. If the adjacent figure is on blocking terrain, like a chat trooper or a prop droid or a nexu, no, 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 no. Wait, what? You, you just, you must remember that uh, adjacent spaces is different than adjacent figures or objects. Really? The space, the space. Uh, if the ability calls for adjacent space, Uh-oh. then the space isn't adjacent. Okay. But but uh, if there is a figure or object in that space, then that object or figure can be adjacent. That's weird. So where where can I find this now? Um. Well. <laughs> is, is it no no no? Let's 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 hang on on this right now a bit. 
Uh, this is, is, this it, is, is my, it somewhere clarified? This is my ongoing uh, uh, decipher of the blocking terrain rules. But you can find okay. the basics on the mobile on the mobile keyword. Okay, let's let's bring up mobile. Mobile, mobile keywords, mobile. So mobile figures. Uh, if a figure with mobile occupies a space containing blocking terrain, line of sight can be traced to that figure. Spaces can be counted to the figure, and adjacent figures can attack that figure. Okay. <coughs> okay. Since it says adjacent figures can attack that figure, this only would work if. Yeah. Yeah. I. That's. It's still weird. It still needs a clarification, right? Yes. Yes. And. Uh... Just let's say I'm working on it still. Okay, okay, yeah. You are inside main into FFG. You need to get this into the next FQ. Okay, so sorry, sorry for the for the brief aside. I think this is very important. Uh, not be, not only because um, uh, because it has effects on skirmish and campaign, but also because it's a quite complicated rules that to wrap your hand around head, head around that uh, a, a space. On blocking terrain is different to a to a figure on that space on blocking terrain. I mean, it's uh, if you have it, if you got it once, it sticks in your head, but it's hard to get it into first. So, yeah. yes, sure. so, yes, you don't need to tell me. It took me a, quite a while to sort okay, of yeah, uh, yeah. get the basics okay. down, and then uh, it took you so long. You even made a complete mission out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so um, the last, I think, I think this is the last one. Um, I'm actually interested. So the last one is concerning the rebel upgrade stage. When more, when, when one or more expansions are incorporated into an imperial assault campaign, rebel players follow a, diff- a different procedure during rebel upgrade stages. Rebel players no longer draw car- six cards from each item deck listed in the campaign log. Instead. Players should make note of the total number of cards in each item deck at the start of the campaign. Then, during each rebel upgrade stage, play, rebel players draw a number of cards from each of the appropriate item decks equal to half that number from the re, uh, respective deck. Rounded up, of course. So if you are having like a um, an 11 card deck... Or 20. Draw, uh, or 21. Or 21. Or 21. Yeah, or 21 item deck. Yeah, sorry, because I think that the minimum deck size is 12, so it doesn't make any sense. <coughs> Let's say 21. If you have 21 uh, item deck um, size, you're actually re- revealing 11 cards each time, regardless of how many cards actually already have been bought out of there. So um, this actually this this means that the rebels get to see much more cards and have much more variety in what they can purchase. So. Uh, what I'm missing here is the oh, there still was there's still stuff to go through. Uh, maybe maybe it's there. Uh, it's still not there. Okay, so um, and and of course this is uh, what the Chapas Realm uh, campaign already already yes, yes. has. Yeah, but now the they Chabas are Realm has they are extended. Yeah. yeah, they are extended it to other campaigns as well. To other which means also. Jabba's Realm also limits the Imperial player to four uh, agenda cards um, at all times. This might mean that this specific card about the agenda cards is only specific to the Jabba's Realm campaign and might not be used in further campaigns. Just yes. an observation. Might not be, but we will see. 
they are not enforcing it, but uh, I, I I will be using that as a house rule anyway. Okay. Okay. So the the last section is rules clarifications. The following sections include supplementary clarifications to corresponding en entries on the rules reference guide. Uh, and it has a bunch of stuff that clarifies stuff already contained into the rules reference guide. Um, yeah, I, I'd say we skipped that because that's mainly just very uh, uh, stuff that yes. is missing, that yes, is missing uh, or, or very, very easy clarification. So, Yeah, most of them, uh, if you know where to look, you already find them. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just just one uh, item there that I want to t take on, uh, and that is sure, uh, sure. that is if you have uh, uh, more than uh, more than one space with the same terrain, they yeah. are still each space is considered separately. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's actually so, important. Yeah. So in this example here, if there are four uh, four blocking terrain spaces, they are all. They are they are not adjacent to each other, so they are all separate. Yeah. This also means that you can easier you can block line of sight to them easier if you're just like let's say you have one of one of your chat troopers on one of the um, spaces of the, uh, the the speeder in the core box tile in the hangar, <clears throat> and you place one of the other figures right in the next space. And it's very hard to get line of sight to that um, jet trooper on the on the blocking terrain, right? Because yeah. because it's that the the the, the, um, uh, the space before it is already blocking terrain. You cannot draw line of sight through that, so it's harder to get uh, to to shoot it actually. So, <coughs> but that's very very minor. Okay, that was the FAQ. Uh, took us. A while, I'd say. Yeah. Oh God, it's one forty. <laughs> uh, so, still, I have one last question um, for rules clarification. So, I need to bring up our card image database again. So, and open up the Nemesis deck. So, uh, questions from me to you. There is a card called Powerful Foes. It's um, it has more effects, but the second effect is after choosing open groups, add one earned villain to your hand of open groups. And the first effect is earn one Imperial and one Mercenary villain of your choice. So, I mean, I'm probably... I know the answer to this, but I just want to... <coughs> just want to clarify this. So, let's say uh, you want to delay your choice of villain uh, until, like, the second or third uh, campaign mission. Because in the first, you can only use... Most of the time, you can only use one of them. Um, can you actually delay your choice? Because the way I read it, you shouldn't be able to. Because the effects, the first effect says you earn one uh, imperial and one mercenary villain of your choice. You you earn both of them at the same time, and you cannot repeat this ability. So um, there is no way for you to 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 uh, to defer it to a later stage of the campaign. And is this actually true? Is there any any way to to uh, to keep your uh, to keep your villain group open 
until like the second or third com- uh, uh, campaign mission or even later and then choose one of the villains that might be more detrimental to your uh, to your rebel group how they built their items and their XP cards. I What's think, your opinion on that? I think uh, rules as written you gain this card when you start the campaign so you have to do that at that point. Okay, yeah. So I was I was actually pretty confident that it, that it is that way, but just so uh, just so other people also know what's going on. Of course, everything is negotiable with your rebels. Sure, 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 sure. Okay, so um, we have our next section. Of course, is play experiences. We both have a little bit to talk about. Probably not too long. Um, and let's start with pauses since I talked a lot during the FAQ now. <coughs> and I need to get my, my voice okay. in order again. Okay, take, take a sip or something. And, doing uh, it all the time. And yeah. Uh, well, uh, like uh, Stefan said, I have written uh, a mission with, which uh, concerns the blocking terrain and, uh, and its rules. And... Uh, I played it once and then I made some adjustments and uh, now I have given it to three different groups to test. I haven't yet heard about them, but uh, I'm eagerly waiting for feedback on uh, how did it go. And there is a specific uh, mechanic you want to highlight in this mission, correct? Yes. uh, Well, it's blocking terrain in uh, in general. general. And uh, I have... uh, Actually, the sort of rule sheet is four pages long. So one of the one of the pages contains the rules of blocking terrain and how to inter- interpret them. So I will, I can uh, send it to you as well for reading. Maybe it will uh, take you less time to get everything sorted out in your head with that. Yeah. <laughs> I think you. I mean, you need to set to send the newest version because I, I think I read the, the the uncorrected version before. Not you actually. So, uh, but it might be it might be a good idea to have this played on on Vassal for a Twitch session or, or some sorts when Yeppe is back from Denmark. So we have uh, people. It's not there. Are no, are no spoilers in it, and we can highlight certain aspects of the mechanics. Uh, through the mission, which might be beneficial for people watching, so it would be a very nice idea to to maybe play this in a one-off uh, Twitch stream or so. So let's see if we can make that happen. Yeah, I hope I get at least two reports so I can yeah. sort of tweak it, tweak it a little before. Yes, 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 yes. Before yes, giving yes. it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, um, are you? Have you started your Java's Realm campaign? Uh, no, there has oh, been there has been even, uh, everything else going on. So, not even play by forum. Uh, no, no, not yet. Okay, so, so you don't have any insight into Java's Realm, into actually hands-on Java's Realm stuff. Okay. <clears throat> so I've been playing Java's Realm, and we are now we are almost at the half of the campaign. We have played the introduction mission. Two side missions and two story missions, and my initial fear that uh, the players uh, winning Leia and having the discount to only 
um, discount by four from from Mern by having a cost only four threat for them. Actually, didn't materialize because I was especially in the in the side missions. I was very vigilant on on trying to focus on Leia and getting Leia off the table very quick, so she gets off maybe one or at the most two attacks. Maybe even just a second attack alone without anyone to help her. Hooray! <laughs> Sorry? Hooray! Yeah, hooray, yeah. And this worked rather well. I mean, um, she did roll one dodge right now, but it hasn't impacted my 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 plans that much because if you if you take like regular stormtroopers and have from the nemesis deck the the uh what's it called? Is this ringleader? It's might be called ring, ringleader. Yeah, the ringleader attachment for two XP. All of the stormtroopers gain one accuracy and plus one damage on the attack, which for the regular stormtroopers is amazing because they can reroll, and they can push out unbelievable amounts of damage. Um, that helped quite a lot. And since the since my rebels are a bit reluctant to to attack the uh, my my villain at the start of the mission. And they want to get rid of all of the sidekicks first. This helped me get rid of Leia very easily. And uh, sorry, I have to inter- interrupt you. Yeah. Uh, did you notice that the ringleader is villain only? Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's... Ah, ah, you meant. Oh, yeah. So I, that. Yeah. Well, you meant the other way around. Is, yeah. Yeah. What I'm what I'm doing is uh, I put ringleader on Terror. Terror. <clears throat> and um, then have the stormtroopers, first of all, at the start, be a bit behind of him, so they can't be targeted easy. And then they barge in, uh, in front of him, take uh, take advantage of his, so they don't need to be adjacent to each other to reroll, because Taro is also a trooper, yep. so they can reroll for being adjacent to him. And they also get uh, the bonus for plus one accuracy and plus one damage from being adjacent to him when he has ringleader. So all of this combined makes them a very, very uh, potent force, I'd say, uh, to dealing incredible amounts of damage very, very quickly for quite a cheap investment. Most of the times you have this Stormtrooper group on the board at the start of the mission for very, very many missions. So uh, (coughs) this worked, until now, this worked very nicely. It helped me get Leia off the table very quickly. I expect that this will stop once they have more ways to dispatch of my weaker figures easier, more easily, more easily. Like they have more mobility to get to them, or ways to 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 get uh, to to ignore the line of sight block or something like that. But until now, I I'm not that scared of Leia anymore. I mean, I was maybe lucky to get her off the board so quickly uh, some of the times. But it also helped me win some some missions. So the final tally right now is uh, we have played five five missions. Uh, the rebels won the first two, which was the introduction, and then Leia side mission. Then I won the first story mission, the next side mission, and we played the the second story mission, which technically I could have won, but to not demoralize the the um, the rebels, I made it very close and then very closely lost. So. I made one activation that was one or one and a half activations that wasn't optimal, but was very thematic. Um, and this 
effectively cost me the game. Uh, but I don't really care that much because um, the bonus XP I would have gotten through that mission doesn't alter my purchase uh, plannings in any way. And um, so I can still get the cards I need to or I really want to. Uh, and them winning doesn't actually change their their outcome also that much because uh, they got like 300 more credits for winning. No, no bonus XP, nothing else, just 300 credits more, which isn't that much, I'd say. So, um, uh, I'd say Java's, Java's, Java's Realm, especially if you new, if you have new players, might not be as easy as it's advertised in the forums, let's say it this way. If you play very consciously on what you're doing and how, how the missions are structured as an Imperial player, of course, you know what's going to happen. <clears throat> Some of the times you can really lure the, the rebels into situations that they don't really want to be in, and then bring down the hammer, storm through the map, concentrate on single heroes, get them to retreat, and it's it's very quickly then if you're having uh, the activation advantage and have ways to to pump out even more figures. That's it's snowballs. If you are playing it right, it can snowball very quickly. So I'm having a blast with the Java's uh, realm campaigns. Campaign after now, and we'll see how this uh, continues in the next side mission, which will be a light in the darkness uh, Jedi Luke's side mission. I'm not actually sure if I'm going to win this. Looks bad from my perspective, but also depending on their choices, it could it could be could be also very hard for them. So uh, we'll have a report on this next time. And okay, also, good luck. Sorry. Good luck. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I know. Do, do you know anything? I, I don't. Because uh, I looked at the mission and... No, actually, I haven't played that mission. Yeah, I, I mean, they, you, they, get, they get Jedi Luke for basically for free, which <coughs> is bad, of course, in my in my est- estimation. But since it's already threat level 4, and I get 8 threat for, uh, for free at the start of the mission, and then probably 4 because they, they will take Leia with them, this means I have a I have a budget of twelve fret I can spend at the start, and get four fret again to redeploy stuff or deploy more stuff. And this should be okay to to balance out what they can do with Leia and um, and Luke. I think. I mean, still depends on how I'm gonna play it and how it works out. But it's not a it's not a very easy mission for either side. I'd say so. Okay, so, and the second thing I wanted to talk about, of course, is uh, I had visitors and I played Anders two times in Skirmish. One time I won, one time he won, but that shouldn't give you any indication on um, my my prowess as a Skirmish player. This, the first mission was dominated by very lucky defense rolls on my side and very unlucky defense rolls on his side. So I'd say it had a, a very, very large impact on the first game and he's certainly the better Skirmish player here much better tuned list and he also played the objectives or around the objectives better and I made some rather foolish choices in in hindsight but that's entirely on on my side uh, uh, the lack of experience on my side so I'd say it was still very very nice games and I played on the on these uh, new um, playmats from FFG the, the ones you can buy now and I also have some printed out 
for me for myself. And Anders brought the FFG maps. And I, I have to say, even though they are $25, I'm actually considering getting some because they feel so much nicer than the ones you print out yourself on, on PVC or some, something else. <coughs> they, they really, also, they, they, they don't actually, uh, when you roll them up, they don't actually stay rolled up. They, they, they straight out uh, lay on the table without any distortion. So you don't need to straighten them out in any way. They feel very nice. I can only recommend them. The $25 said it's not cheap, but for what you get, I think it's worthwhile. And having played on them once, I can only recommend them. So, like I said, I'm toying with the, the idea of getting myself some if they ever show up in Europe. But maybe Anders can hook me up. He, all, he already um, offered to, to, to have one shipped to me, but we'll see if I'm taking him, him up on that. So, um, that was play experiences, and we will close down this um, this episode with a short walk through Community Watch. Roger, roger. And Community Watch this time is also very, very cramped, because <coughs> <coughs> there, were, there were a lot of um, new community blogs, forum posts that I want to highlight. The first of which is uh, the uh, Imperial Assault Probability Compendium, has a new entry, and if you don't know what, is it, what this is, this is one guy on the FFG boards who is doing statistical analysis of weapons, and especially weapons versus specific defense uh, effects uh, in the campaign. So you, you can buy, you have a, a broad range of available weapons in the current pool if you have all of the expansions, and figuring out which weapon you actually want to focus on. Um, for this, uh, this this article series right now, I think it says 10, 10 episodes already, uh, is very good. So you get a feel of which weapon performs in, in which circumstances better or worse than others, or which weapons do, if, do effectively need some attachments, which one can you more customize. So this is very good. I highly recommend reading this stuff. It's entertaining and very interesting. Uh, and of course, all of these links are in the show notes, so don't worry, you will find it. Next one is Rebel High Command. Uh, the Imperial Assault blog has another local tournament tournament report. It's early. It's the early Jabba meta. So you still will see a lot of uh, Captain Terra, a lot of Jabba, a lot of Hunter stuff, which I'm not sure it's actually that relevant anymore, but certainly give it a read so it's 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 a good way to especially if you're new to skirmish to get into skirmish mindset and see what the lists are all about and then we have four actually four articles on twin troop twin the first is a review on the dodge result and i almost broke down when i saw the saw the uh, the, the article posted and uh, and linked on on reddit and on the ffg boards because the the dodge saga is continuing um, if you haven't, if you haven't enough, uh, on, of the Dodge result, which was discussed on, uh, on, um, Jodocast on our side, on the boards, on the podcasts for like weeks or months, even, uh, if you haven't enough, and if you want another analysis on the, on the good and bad side of it, read uh, the article on Twin Troopers and it's, it gives you an idea what's going to happen. And also the... The uh, the articles um, 
from Chodocast. And our article is linked in there so you can get a feel of what the sentiment was late last year and what the sentiment is right now in the current article, of course. So read it. Then Twin Troopers, of course, did an analysis on BT1 and Triple Zero. Uh, and then more importantly, I'd say they have two articles on command cards. The first one is a command card primer, which they also call a command card taxonomy where they try to um, create some um, some groups in where to put all of the command cards so you can uh, you can figure out how to 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 analyze your command card deck when you only have the cards on your on on the table like uh, you need some some cards from each of these groups or sometimes you need none of of a specific group but uh, to figure out what you are missing or what might be missing in, you, in your uh, command deck, this is a very helpful way to strategize or to organize your command cards in your mind to see if you have any holes in your list or not. And then following this article is a, an article on command card de deck building. So uh, this is what it says. So it uses the, the knowledge or the, the, uh, the taxonomy problem in the first article and tries to, to give you a way to effectively build some um, command card decks and have have them work within itself. So it's a very highly, I highly recommend reading this, even if you are intermediary to advanced in Skirmish. So this is a very good way to think about command cards. Then uh, we have on Corsac Academy, they also wrote a command card primer article, which references the first command card primer article from Trin, Troop from Trin Troopers. And it's also a, a very nice take on the issue, but I feel it's not as advanced as the, as the uh, article on Trin Troopers. So it's still good to read and uh, I'd say very important to read, but not really necessary to read. While the Trin Troopers article, certainly, I'd say if you don't read it, you're doing yourself not a favor. So, and the last one here is actually, it's unfortunately we are a bit late with this because there was another Vassal tournament um, by Mega Silver uh, brought into existence and he linked it, I think he linked it on the official boards and on Reddit and the sign-up period unfortunately is already over and the first skirmish uh, round already started and some of the matches are already complete. And they have, how many people do they have in there? One, two, three, four, twelve, twenty, twenty-four, I think. So 24, 25 player roster actually, with one buy. And uh, there are players in there that you know and love, like There Is No Try, DT, Nick, Mega Silver himself, of course, Baron, um, GJ Maggies, Gino Beam, uh, Jake Peterson, Jerobel, Videoed, Mad Fura. So, if you if you followed our tournament and grew to to know some of these characters, you certainly you should uh, check the, check it out there and try to contact Mega Silver maybe on a Discord or or on 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 Reddit to see if you can get some 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 vessel locks to look at the to look at the actual um, games because I I suspect they are more advanced than um, the games played in our tournament, specifically for the reason because when we had the cutoff for the list building on our tournament, uh, all of this was very new. The Chaba, Chaba was very new. The, the new um, 
Wave 8 was very new, so no one really knew how powerful each of the traits was. So right now the, the lists are much more refined, I think. And the games should be more interesting because of that. So if you're interested in that, check out the link. You should be able to contact uh, Mega Silver somewhere there and hassle him for some uh, logs and maybe even watch some games. Okay. Just over two hours. Um, we are done with Community Watch and we are done with the show, I think. Um, before we go, Pazi, anything to add to what we talked about today? No, it's just uh, stay healthy. Unlike, yeah, unlike I, I try, some of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially to our listeners. Stay healthy. Don't overexert yourself. Uh, you need to do stuff like we actually need to record the podcast. So um, I hope we have all of this cleared up in about two weeks when we uh, plan to do the next episode. Sorry for the gap we had, but it really it was a perfect storm of stuff not going right. And uh, I think we are back on the in the saddle right now and uh, ready to push out more regular content. So with that over, um, I bid you farewell for episode 44. Was this 44 or 45? No, it was, 40, it was 44. And um, we'll see us again in about two or three weeks. And until then, have a good night. May the force be with you and bye-bye. Bye-bye.